0: Fall of 1991, I met the most incredible, awesome, gorgeous, did I say awesome, awesome woman I would ever meet, and uh, she and I got set up on a semi-blonde date because I I knew her name. Uh, I knew a little bit about her, but that's about it. Her roommate and one of my hallmates were dating at the time, and my hallmate asked me if he could use my car, and I said, no way. Uh, I said you're gonna have to set me up on a blind date and we'll double and that way you'll you can be able to take my car. And uh so he did and uh we got set up on a blind date and had an amazing, had an incredible time, uh so much fun. Um we went out on a second date and uh obviously we we uh, are, are married now, so we went on a second date. Um and uh we we did something that you know, we're from different places. I'm from Michigan. She's uh, from Virginia. Uh, I know about snow. She really didn't know anything about snow. Um, I'm from the farm, and she's from the city. And uh, and so, you know, we a lot of different things we had to learn about each other. One of the ways that we did that was we sat down and we played a game called 20 questions. And uh, I'd ask 20 questions. She'd ask 20 questions. We'd take time uh, and ask all kinds of different questions. One of the questions that I asked her, because... Because quite honestly, I knew in our second date, by our second date, I knew this is, this is the one. Oh, this is the one. Like I, I knew that Daisha was the one for me and that I'm going to marry this, this girl. And, and I knew this. And, and so I asked a really awful question, uh, honestly. I mean, as I think back about it, I, I just, oh, well, I asked it. I said, I said, if I asked you to marry me right now, what would you say? That's why I asked guys I don't recommend it um' she said back to me, she said, mm, not yet, I don't even really know you and uh that was a great response. It's the right response and and uh and so obviously, over time, we got to know each other better and still are we we've been talking about. We've been talking about the supernatural, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And, and last week we asked you guys a question, are you willing to say yes to the Holy Spirit? When the Holy Spirit calls on your life, when the Holy Spirit moves on your heart, when the Holy Spirit nudges you, are you willing to say yes to the Holy Spirit? Maybe some of you are still like, I, I'm not sure. That's kind of like the question I asked of, of if you were to... If I were to ask you to marry me right now, would you, would you say yes? That's kind of that like question to you, and you're like, eh, I don't know. And, and I think 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 really hits it on the head for us. And it says this, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? Th- that, that first phrase, do you not know? I, I think for, for many of us, that's where we're at in relationship to the supernatural. That's where we're at in relationship to the Holy Spirit. It's sort of like we're dating the Holy Spirit and, and we're not really sure about the Holy Spirit. And we're not really sure to say yes or no. We're not really sure about who is it that I'm saying yes to. Because I really think when it boils down to what Daisha was saying in that moment is, is whom am I saying yes to? Who, who is this guy that, that if I were to say yes to, who is he? And so, so what I want to do this morning is I want to dive into a, a, a question that is six answers to it that honestly is, is not the end all. This is just the tip of the iceberg. This is not all there is to know about the Holy Spirit. But the question is, is who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? And, and so please understand, this is not going to be super detailed this is not going to be. I mean, there is way more that we could talk about with the Holy Spirit than what I'm going to talk about this morning. But my desire is to whet your appetite, and hopefully, you dive into the Word of God yourself. Don't don't just take my word for it. Don't don't just take some other pastor's word for it, or a YouTube video that you watch, or a meme that you see. Don't don't just take those things as as here's what the Holy Spirit is. You Dive into the word of God and the teacher of teachers, the one who is able to show us what we need to know from the word of God will meet with you and show you what you need to know about the Holy Spirit of God. That is your responsibility, not mine. And not anybody else's around you, it's yours. And you, my friend, can dive into the word of God, you can read it for yourself, and you can learn by the teaching of the Holy Spirit in your life, by the teaching of God in your life, to know who the Holy Spirit is, but let's play 20 questions with the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's only going to be six, but let's let's play let's play six questions with the Holy Spirit. And today's going to be sort of like a sword drill. How many of you all remember doing sword drills when you were a kid? Okay, some of you some of you don't. Some of you uh, need to be brought in on the loop. All right, so sword, Word of God, sword. Uh, when when we did a sword drill, we would hold up our Bible. Oh, shoot, I just closed my Bible. Um, We we, uh, would hold up our Bible, and 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 whoever was leading the class would say, whatever, passage. And then they would say, ready, set, go. And then whoever would find it first, and uh, I had my Bible open to Psalm 63, even though I'm not going to read from it today, but it's a really great passage. And and, uh, I'm just, there we go, I'm back. Okay, Uh, so if you found it first, then you stood up and you read it. We're not doing that. We're sort of doing that. We're doing the fast part of it, but we're not doing the you stand up and read it part, okay? I'm going to read it just because of time. And, uh, and so I'm going to give you a lot of passages today. So what do you need to do? Uh, write them down. <laughs> um, pen, paper. There's paper in front of you. There's probably a pen in front of you. Uh, if not, there's probably one somewhere in the row. Um, don't use blood. Um, but but uh, please write these down. Um, or type them in your phone, and then go back and look at them later, all right? So the first one we already talked about, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, we're going to dive into who is the Holy Spirit. Question number one, is the Holy Spirit God or not? Is the Holy Spirit God or not? Here is the simple answer to this question, Yes. Yes. He is God. He is a vital part of the triune God. And what do, I, what do I mean by that? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, lots of people like to use all kinds of different images for metaphors to try to try to wrap our minds around God. And they'll use things like a three-leaf clover, or they'll use things like an egg, or whatever. I'm, I'm going to throw up, an, not throw up literally, I'm going to that's kind of weird. Anyway, there's an image coming up on the screen, and uh, this is just an image. It is not the end all. It, 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 it may not even explain anything to you, um, and you look at it and you go, whoa, that's a lot of whatever's on there. And that's okay, because here's the thing, no matter what we use, no matter what I try and try to tell you about God, there is still no way you're ever going to wrap your mind around an unwrappable God? Do, do we understand each other? You're not going to do it. Um, and if you try, the problem with that is like what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. second line is so important. Lean not on your own understanding. One of the problems that we have is that we often elevate our own understanding above trusting in the Lord. Now the thing is, is there's so many things about God that we cannot understand, that we cannot fully grasp our mind, wrap our mind around, and one of them is the triune God. That the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father, and yet they are all God. Father is God, Son is God, Holy Spirit is God. I I don't know I I don't know to how to explain that to you, because I can't. But what I can tell you is, according to the word of God, the Holy Spirit is God. He's not lesser than, he's not unequal to, he's, he's not some different sort of being. He is God. And oftentimes the words spirit and God are used interchangeably throughout the Bible. In Acts chapter, Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verses 3 through 4, Peter says to Ananias. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And then later on, verse 5, he says, You have not lied to man, but to God. So right there in this in this passage, Peter is identifying two parts of the Trinity, God the, the, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. And, and what we need to understand is, is that if we reject or we say no to the Holy Spirit, we are indeed rejecting God we're saying no to the triune God and yet there are there are religions there are there are different denominations of Christianity that will claim that the Holy Spirit is not God that the Holy Spirit is is not even real that the Holy Spirit does not even exist to deny the Holy Spirit is to deny God are are, you listening to what I'm saying if we say the Holy Spirit is not who he says he is, if he is not God, if he is not equated with God, and if we reject the Holy Spirit, we are rejecting God. So so, so, is the Holy Spirit God or not? The answer is yes. Number two, is the Holy Spirit like a force or a thing that can be controlled? Simple answer, no. No, he is not an indistinct power or a thing to be controlled or commanded. He is not an it. So often people refer to the Holy Spirit as it. He is not an it. He is he. He is a person. He has personhood. We can see that all throughout Scripture, And again, the thing is, is that to say that he is just an it, to say that he is just a force, somehow like, Luke, use the force. Like, like, if that's what we think about the Holy Spirit, that is a complete misunderstanding of who the Holy Spirit is and his role in our lives. John 14, verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth... Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. What does that point to? What that points to is the personhood of the Holy Spirit and that he longs to be in relationship with you. Just like God the Father, just like God the Son, God the Holy Spirit longs to be in relationship with with you, and instead of allowing us to think that we can treat the Holy Spirit as a power that we somehow can harness to do our bidding, we are su- supposed to surrender ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and the, the, the very fact that He is God, and you and I should surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit, not the other way around. And 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 how how arrogant do we have to be to think that I can somehow tell God, specifically the Holy Spirit, you will do what I'm telling you to do. Good luck with that. You, you, are, you do not have the power to tell God what God is going to do. You don't have that power. And and, and, and my friends, there, there are, again, entire religions, entire denominations that are based about, around the idea that the Holy Spirit is something that I can control, that I can manipulate, and that I can use for my own good. And I get to tell him what he's going to do. That is nowhere in the Word of God. God is God, and you are not. And so... What we need to understand is what God's desire is, is that through the person of the Holy Spirit, that he would have with us a personal relationship. We see that as followers of Jesus. We see that the Father and the Son have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And again, do I understand it? Do I completely wrap my mind around it? No. No, I don't. But I'm going to trust God with it. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Here's a picture of the the Trinity, a picture of the triune God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Isn't that an awesome thing to realize that, that Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit can be with every single one of us in this room, in this world. He longs to be in relationship with us. Question number three. Does the Holy Spirit come and go on a whim? Does the Holy Spirit come and go on a whim? John 14, verse 16. Jesus is speaking. Again, another picture of the Trinity. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to to be with you forever. Turn to somebody and say to them, forever. Just like that. Go. Go. Good, nice job. Forever. He is with you forever. If you have a relationship with Jesus, if you know Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God is in you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your soul is where the Holy Spirit resides, and he's with you forever. With you forever. Not comes and goes as he pleases. He is with you forever. And he's with you everywhere you go. It's a promise from Jesus that the Spirit will be with us forever. He is not a genie in a bottle that somehow we rub the lamp and he appears, does what we want him to do, and then disappears back into the bottle. No, my friend, he is in your soul. If you have a relationship with Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, is in your soul, dwelling in your life, and he goes with you everywhere you go. And the beauty of the Holy Spirit is, is that it's not just a New Testament teaching. The the Old Testament, over a hundred times, the Holy Spirit of God is referenced in the Old Testament. All the way back to Genesis, in the beginning, when God created, guess what? The Holy Spirit was right there, along with the Son, by the way. The Son, Jesus, is there The Holy Spirit is there, God the Father is there, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Always been. Eternal. Always will be. Always will be with you forever. Number four. Is the Holy Spirit able to think and act? Is the Holy Spirit able to think and act? Romans 8.27. Let's we'll start with 27 first and then go back to 26. 8.27 says this. He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now again... You need to be careful because some people will go, well, okay, so the will of God, that's the Father, and the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf according to the will of God. So does he really think, isn't it more God the Father? Hold on, hold your horses, because Jesus said, I say what the Father tells me to say. I am all about doing the will of my Father. So does that mean Jesus doesn't think? No. Absolutely not. Jesus thinks. The Holy Spirit Thinks, the mind of the Spirit of God thinks and acts. I love this. Verse 26 Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit of God gives us strength in our weaknesses? Not about you, but I am. For we do not know what to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Here's the deal. And what what an amazing comfort. You may be in a situation, you may be in a circumstance right now where you don't know how to pray, you don't know what to pray, or you feel like your prayers are not being heard. Don't worry about it. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit of God is praying on your behalf right now. Yes, the Holy Spirit of God is interceding on your behalf right now this very moment, and he knows every need of your life, knows every problem of your life, knows every weakness of your life, and he is praying on your behalf with groanings that words cannot even describe. I don't know about you, but if that doesn't bring comfort to your soul, nothing will. You have the Holy Spirit of God on your side, in your corner, praying on your behalf when you're going, I don't know what to say. Or I feel like my prayers are hidden in the ceiling, or whatever it is. Friend, you do not need to worry. God's got this, He's in control, and He's praying on your behalf. Wow. That's awesome. Holy Spirit of God is not only thinking, He is acting, and He's acting on your behalf. You say, Wow, that that's intense. It is intense. Because how is he acting? He's praying on our behalf. Here's another thing he knows. He knows our hearts. He knows our hearts. So this comes to, verse, or to question five. Does the Holy Spirit show emotion? Does the Holy Spirit show emotion? Ephesians 4 verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What does that word grieve mean? It means to make sad. It means to make sorrowful. You and I, when we say no to God, and we do our own thing and we sin, that grieves the heart of God, specifically the Holy Spirit. When, when we do not do what he has called us to do, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, be holy as I am holy. You and I are called to holiness. You and I are called to, we're going to talk more about that next week, but you and I are called to, to live in a way that honors and glorifies Jesus. And when you and I do not, it grieves the Holy Spirit of God. It saddens him. He is, he is an emotional individual. God the Father shows emotion. Jesus shows emotion. emotion. One of the shortest verses in the Bible, Jesus wept. We, we, we see the emotion of God the Father on display. We see the emotion of Jesus on display. We see the emotion of the Holy Spirit on display. God has created us in his image, and so he has given us emotions and feelings. Now, How are we unlike God? Well, our emotions and feelings can play tricks with us. Our emotions and feelings get saturated and get screwed up by sin. That's why the Bible, when Paul writes and he says, in your anger, he doesn't say don't be angry. He says in your anger, do not sin. (laughs) Anybody else struggle? Like when you get angry and you sin? Anybody else? I mean, you're you're just like super holy, and you're, oh, I can get angry, and I never sin. Okay, great. Can I touch you? Because that doesn't happen for me. I get angry, and I say things that I wish I could take back. I get angry, and I want to drive my car into somebody else's car. That's bad. That's not a good deal. I've never done it. uh, and don't want to. That's bad. Don't do it. I get angry, and I think things. Y'all think stuff that you probably shouldn't think? Yeah, like driving your car into somebody else. That's a bad idea. That's stupid. Um, don't do it. Bad things are going to happen if you do. Praise God for his grace and his mercy, right? He helps me in my weaknesses. Praise God. Do we show emotion? Do we show feelings? Yeah, we do. Sometimes I think the reason that we we want to th- say that God's not doesn't show emotion, doesn't have feelings, is because we equate those things with weakness. And the reality is is that what what they ought to do is remind us that we're created in the image of God. This emotion that I'm feeling, this feeling that I have, it's something that reminds me I'm created in the image of God. And it also reminds me of how much I need him. Because sometimes my emotions and my feelings get out of control. Six, last question. Does the Holy Spirit have desires or a will? John sixteen thirteen through 14. When the Spirit of truth comes, this is the Holy Spirit, when he comes, what will he do? He will guide you into all the truth. He will speak not his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What is the Holy Spirit's desire? The Holy Spirit's desire is to lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit of God will never lead you away from God the Father. He will never lead you to reject Jesus. He will never lead you down a road that is opposite of what the Word of God says. That is not the Holy Spirit of God. Do you know what? We're going to talk more about this next week, but conviction versus guilt. Conviction is all about bringing you into a right relationship with God. Guilt is all about driving you away from God, somehow thinking that you're not what God says you are. And you know who uses guilt? Satan. Satan. God doesn't. God convicts. He uses the Holy Spirit of God to convict us. Why? To draw us closer to him. Convict us of what? Sin? Convict us of what? Where we've gone against the truth? Violated the truth? And not only that, why does he do that? He does that because of his other desire, and that is to glorify Jesus. That is to let the light of Jesus shine into a dark and and, and, and in a world that is desperately in need of Jesus. And, and so his desire is, is that he would, he would allow the light of Jesus to be shown in every single thing that he's a part of. And guess what? If he lives in you, because you have a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives in you, then guess what God's desire is through your life? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You can join me if you want. Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. You guys are lame. Come on. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. Yeah, that's what God wants to do through your life is shine the light of Jesus. To every person you come in contact with, to every place that you go, as you walk into the room, the Holy Spirit of God is filling up your soul. He's in your soul. He's residing in you. And guess what? The light of Jesus ought to be coming into that room. Why? Because he's inside your soul. And everywhere we go, people should see the light of Jesus in my life. And I'm not saying perfection, that's that's not what I'm talking about. You and I will not be perfect this side of heaven. No way. On this earth, not going to happen. But we can do everything we can to try and strive to let the Holy Spirit of God shine through us the light of Jesus. As Daisha and I continued to date, the more I got to know her, the more I wanted to know here we are, 30-some years later. This next year, we'll celebrate our 30th anniversary. And, and I got to tell you, that desire has not dwindled a little bit, not even a single little bit. All it's done is gotten greater and greater and greater. Why? Because I love her. I love her, and I want to know her more. Can, can I ask you a question? Do you share that about God? I love him, and I want to know him more. That's that's the final question. Do you want to know the Holy Spirit more? Here's the deal. You'll never stop learning about the Holy Spirit of God. When you stop learning about the Holy Spirit of God, it's because you've shut your eyes in this earth, and you've opened them in the presence of God and glory. Do you want to know the Holy Spirit more? I'm going to ask you, would just close your eyes, By your head. Those that are getting baptized, if you would, go ahead and come. Those that are going to be standing up here at the front and at the back, if you would, go ahead and come as well. There's going to be some people down here at front. There's going to be some people at the back. Why are they there? They're there to pray with you. Not to judge you, not to shame you, not to do anything other than just encourage you by praying for you. And if, if you feel like the Spirit of God is moving you to get up out of your seat and come down, in just a little bit we're actually going to be standing and you're going to be singing. If, if you feel like God is saying, go to the front, get prayed for. Go to the back, get prayed for. Or maybe you're sitting next to, or standing next to somebody in just a little bit and you're feeling a nudge from the Holy Spirit that you should turn to them and just say, hey, can I pray for you? then obey. Yeah, they may say no. It's awkward. It's weird. It's crazy. But the Holy Spirit loves to do that kind of stuff. And and you know what? If they say no, cool. Doesn't mean you got to not pray for them. Just pray for them quietly under your breath. But be obedient. What does God want to do through you right now? You just asked earlier, God speak to my heart. Is there something that he spoke to you about? Maybe you need to share that with somebody next to you. I don't know. What I do know is that God loves you and cares deeply for you and longs to be in a relationship with you. Let's pray. God, you're good. Thanks for your love. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Ask God that you would guide, you would direct, and you would help us to say yes to you today. Help us to become more aware of your presence. Help us to let your glory shine through us. In Jesus' name.